Warren Buffett, BlackRock, and other institutional players dominate investments in commercial aviation. Why? Because it's one of the most profitable and predictable alternative assets that exists. And it's not tied to other markets such as real estate and the stock market. Is it safe? Well, imagine triple net leases to the likes of American Airlines and British Airways. Income is contractual and guaranteed by some of the biggest named airlines in the world. That's why this kind of investment was never available to the ordinary accredited investor. That is until now. Visit accesswealthaviation.com and check it out for yourself. Invest in an institutional team with over 200 plus years of combined investment experience in the aviation sector. Conservative investing with double digit returns and tax advantages. That's accesswealthaviation.com. Accesswealthaviation.com. Worried about saving too little too late for retirement? The Wealth Accelerator may be exactly what you need. With the help of some of the oldest and most reliable insurance companies in the country, Wealth Accelerator allows you to take most of the upside of any good year in the stock market and use bank loans to magnify those returns significantly. And what if the stock market has a bad year? No need to fear. Wealth Accelerator is engineered so you don't participate in the losses of the market, no matter how bad of a year it is. Sounds too good to be true, right? But it's not. It's simply the same financial engineering that the ultra-wealthy have been doing for years. Now it's your turn. Check it out for yourself by going to WealthFormulaBanking.com. Again, that's WealthFormulaBanking.com. You are listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast with Buck Joffrey. Get ready to change your life. Welcome, everybody. This is Buck Joffrey with the Wealth Formula Podcast. So today I'd like to start out by suggesting you sign up for the weekly Wealth Widget, which is on wealthformula.com. This is a new addition to the weekly emails that I send out, and this is provides small morsels of financial education to nourish your brain and increase your financial IQ. So I highly recommend you get on that. Some of it will be review for some of you who are a bit more sophisticated, but listen, we all need a little bit of review, especially those super smart professionals out there who haven't had a chance to really learn the language of money. So go to wealthformula.com, download weekly wealth widget, or actually sign up for the weekly wealth widget. There's a couple other things that you can get there. I'm actually going to take my book and hopefully it'll be there by the time this email comes out. But as many of you know, I have a book called Seven Secrets of Eternal Wealth. That book has been on Amazon for a while, but really, uh, quite honestly, I'm not really, I didn't write it to make a bunch of money. That's really just to try to get my message out. So I'm going to keep it on Amazon, but I'm going to have it as a free download on wealthformula.com as well. So if you haven't read it, check it out. And if you listen to this show, a lot of the principles are going to be very familiar. But one other thing I would suggest there is if you have friends who have children or your own children who are you know about to finish graduate school or college, so on and so forth, this is the kind of stuff that's going to be particularly good to get into their hands. And if it's free and you can get them to read it, it might change their lives. So seriously, think about that. Now, our other sponsor, smallchange.com, there's a new sponsor, relatively new sponsor. I just want to mention quickly that they do have a couple of active opportunities. You know, there are these net zero townhouses in Los Angeles. What that means, net zero townhouses, is that 
they effectively make as much energy as they use up. So it's pretty cool. There's other energy efficient, affordable houses in Washington, D.C. Both of these offerings have about a 10% projected return on debt investment and a full return interest and capital is anticipated in 12 months. So it's pretty quick. Consider that. Go to smallchange.com to download the investor packets. Now, on to the show today. So here I've been thinking about some of this conceptual stuff in my head, and I got to get it out on paper at some point. And I'm thinking about writing a new book that instills a lot of this. But I want to talk to you. I've been thinking about, you know, our culture. We're like a bunch of robots that have been created by the Industrial Revolution. Now, let me let me get into that a little bit more, and I don't want to get weird here. But it all starts with our current public educational system, which was, as some of you probably know, it was modeled after a system created by the Prussians in the early 1800s. And then it was imported to us during the Industrial Revolution by a guy named Horace Mann. So this system was then fine-tuned by a group of 10 guys at Harvard in 1892. Now let's take a step back and look at this interesting system that has been created. So imagine a child stepping onto the conveyor belt in first grade. That child goes to 12 different stations over the next 12 years, of course, that represent 12 grades in our school system. And at each station, the child stops for a year, gets doused in prepackaged education, deemed appropriate age cohort. Well, you know, I'm sure you remember high school where there was a sequence of courses that you took depending on your grade level. You might take geometry in 10th grade or, you know, algebra in 9th grade or who knows, whatever. There's a sequence still. But at any rate, at the end of 12 years, you have a finished product. Well, at least you're supposed to. Some obviously fall off the conveyor belt a bit earlier than expected. However, assuming a child makes it to the end of the conveyor belt, they get sorted out. And the finest, the finest products will get patted on the back and then they get shipped off to a new factory for a little extra polish. And that factory, of course, is either college or potentially later on professional schools. Maybe it's medical school or law school. So I'm sure you're getting my analogy here is this is so interesting to me, this idea of this educational system that was created during the Industrial Revolution it essentially has such incredible parallels to a conveyor belt and just creating us as as robots. And when you look at it, it's actually a pretty ingenious system. You know, if you look at it, especially through the lens of an industrialist. And my point here is not to say that the system is wrong or, you know, it's certainly, you know, one of the better systems we know of. And it's gotten us pretty far as a country and as a world. But my point is simply to point out the methodology by which we become educated. I mean, it's like we're a bunch of robots that were created by this industrial educational factory. And this factory is actually really rigid and doesn't allow for a significant amount of flexibility in education. Now, the people who come out most successful in this factory are those who excel at doing exactly as they're told and absorbing the information they are fed most efficiently. They're constantly being given positive feedback. And society commends them for not failing, for constant success. That constant positive feedback creates almost like a Pavlovian feedback where these people who are particularly good at school essentially know no other way to learn than to be taught formally 
and to be given a roadmap to follow and to master. Now, here's one of the potential, well, more than potential, one of the serious flaws in the system. What if the factory forgets a key component while that kid gets sent down the conveyor belt? Say, for example, financial education. You know, say they just forgot that. Somehow it got left out, and then that doesn't end up being part of the robot. Or even worse, say that there is some kind of financial education, but it's some kind of advice that's not actually very good advice or some kind of facts that may not actually be true. I mean, that's the paradox confronting many high-paid professionals today, right? They excel throughout their lives and do everything right in school. They get accolades and titles like doctor or lawyer, but many haven't a clue how to teach themselves anything outside of their own professions. And at that point, instead, they just rely on conventional wisdom. And conventional wisdom tells them that the societal norm is not to go out and pursue their own, you know, necessarily their own financial education, but to rely on what others tell them the right things to do are. In terms of financial education, they hesitate to learn things for themselves, is that's not really what they're supposed to do. Well, some do it anyway and end up digesting the crap that is, you know, modern investing paradigms. And then there's a few brave souls who will try to get a broader perspective. You know, they might start to realize that the whole personal finance thing, you know, what they were led to believe was part of the common curriculum, so to speak. And therefore, truth was, in fact, nothing more than a creation of the banking system. They, of course, might get ridiculed by their family and friends for thinking outside of the Wall Street box. And if they survive, they might get lucky enough to find a community like ours that is willing to consider alternative investments. You know, the things like tangible assets that don't disappear when there's a bank failure. Anyway, listen, some of them might even start thinking about investing in real estate and might even turned to today's podcast. Of course, I had to bring that back home, right? I had enough of my rant here that hopefully that you enjoyed, but I'm going to bring it back home because one of the opportunities is to invest in turnkey real estate. And when we come back, we're going to have Marco Santorelli of Norada Real Estate talking to us about that. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Today, my guest is Marco Santorelli. He is an investor author and founder of Narada Real Estate Investments. And Narada is a nationwide provider of turnkey cash flow rental properties. Since 2004, they've helped over a thousand real estate investors create wealth and cash flow through real estate. He's also the host of the Passive Real Estate Investing Podcast. So welcome, Marco. Thank you, Buck. Great to be here. So I always like to start from the beginning. So tell us, who are you and how did you get into this business? Well, I like to consider myself as a father, an investor, serial entrepreneur, and a bunch of other things. But I kind of have a slightly unique story because I actually started investing in real estate when I turned 18 years old. As soon as I could qualify for financing, I realized this is exactly what I need to do. And I literally jumped into it, meaning that I did not read a book or take a course or go to workshop. It was just something I felt passionate about. And so I bought a townhome, fixed it up put a sign out on the yard, took applications, leased it up, managed it. I basically did it all myself with, you know, with, of course, some help of contractors to do the renovations. And it was pretty much textbook. So the writing was on the wall at that time. 
And maybe a takeaway for your listeners here, one of the things I learned from that first deal, and it was actually one of my first mistakes, is never sell your property. Because I acquired that property for about $40,000 way back when. And looking back in hindsight, I realized that today I would have owned it free and clear, assuming that I wanted to keep it free and clear, but it's worth over $400,000. And so granted, you know, you can say, well, you know, it kept up with inflation, so you're really on par, but that's a good thing. But I believe that it actually far exceeded the rate of inflation. So that's how I started at a personal level. But where I started as professional level was back in 2003. And this is kind of an interesting story I like to tell. I took two years off after the dot-com market imploded because I was actually part of a dot-com business that I co-founded. And I didn't want to get back into the corporate world. So I decided to take some time off and then just figure out what I want to do, not thinking that I really want to get back into real estate at a professional level, you know, outside of being an investor. But what happened is I got an email in the summer of 2003 from a famous real estate author, Robert Allen. You know, anybody could go to Amazon and just Google his name. He was considered one of the godfathers of nothing down real estate. So his organization was putting on this free two or three day seminar up in Orange, California. And I thought, well, I have nothing to do. I'll go. I'm interested in real estate here, what they have to say. Well, it was a massive ballroom. There were probably 2,000 people in this ballroom on their very first free seminar. And by the end of the first day, content being awesome, by the way, people were walking and running to the back of their room, credit cards in hand, spending as little as $15,000 for these boot camps to as much as $35,000 for these six-day workshops, which were peppered around the country. And I kind of got sucked into it and I decided, okay, well, I'm going to do the same thing. And so I started going on these boot camps and I was meeting literally hundreds of investors and I was buying a bunch of property. And to make a long story short, what had happened is people were coming up to me after spending tens of thousands of dollars in education, asking me, hey, Marco, where are you finding these deals? How are you doing the analysis? Can you mentor me? Can you find me some deals and bring them to me? And that's where the light bulb moment came on. And being an entrepreneur and a real estate investor, I thought, well, geez, maybe I can turn this into a business. People need help. I can help them. And so I took that and made it into a model. We're providing what we call today as turnkey cash flow rental properties. Right. So your model is a little different. And this was somewhat intriguing to me. Initially, I wasn't sure what to make of it. It makes a lot of sense now. Can you explain how your model is different from a lot of the other turnkey providers out there? And what is a turnkey provider? Give us that definition as well. Well, that's a really good question because that word turnkey gets kicked around a lot. And unfortunately, it means different things to different people. And sometimes there are some shady or unscrupulous people out there that are selling lipstick on a pig, as I like to call it, and passing it off as a turnkey investment. It's not. Let's start off with the definition. For us, and back in 2003, 2004, you know, the term wasn't really used too much. But for us, a turnkey investment is a property that is in a good market, in a good neighborhood. It's either new construction or newly renovated. The numbers make sense. So it's not only cash flow positive, but it offers a strong rate of return. And that could be measured in different ways. It's tenant occupied and it's professionally managed by full service professional property management. So at a minimum, that is what a turnkey investment should be. And that's effectively what we offer 
and sell to our clients that we help to educate and go through the process. Well, it's a little different what you're doing because you're not really a turnkey provider, right? I mean, there's different ways to look at. There's the actual boots on the ground, managing properties and that sort of thing. And then there's complete opposite spectrum. There are the pure marketers, which it's always a little tricky, right? With the marketers, well, all they're doing is really connecting a buyer to one of these providers. But your situation is a little different because you're actually coming in as a broker effectively. And so you're able to identify a great opportunity, but then not add that cost on to the buyer. Is that correct? Mostly correct. Yes. And so you bring up a good point and that is a differentiator. So first of all, we're actually both. We're a turnkey promoter and a turnkey provider because we actually do have our own inventory that we acquire, renovate and produce. One of the key differentiators, though, is our company works on a nationwide basis. So we are completely agnostic. We're not married to a market or a property management company or a new home builder or any service provider for that matter. And the biggest advantage of being that way is that we can work with investors nationwide and worldwide, get into their head and start off with a strategy session, which is really just us figuring out and understanding what their investment goals are. Where are you today? Where do you want to go? Let's take all that, break it down into a criteria, and then let that criteria drive the decisions on where you build your portfolio. And that could be three different markets with X number of properties to achieve whatever your financial freedom goals are. And the fact that we're not kind of trying to shoehorn as many other companies do, and I mean, I don't want to talk bad about anybody, but you know, if you only have one tool in your toolbox, you only have one thing to talk about, one thing to offer, and one thing to sell. We don't consider ourselves a sales organization. We're really consultative in a very deep way. And so at the end of the day, if a client wants to achieve a certain financial outcome, they have an objective, they have a number in mind, we're going to show them a roadmap on how to get there. And by the way, we just so happen to have inventory in 10 or 12 or 13 different markets that will help you achieve those numbers and that capital growth into your portfolio. So Long story short, Buck, one of the differentiators is the fact that we are not married to any particular market or service provider. We maintain an unbiased and agnostic approach. So you're talking about, let's see, you do single family houses primarily or do multifamily as well? We want to stay in the residential space. So they're single family, duplex, triplex, fourplex. Unlike you're in the apartment space, we find that to be very highly specialized and a much longer investment cycle. So most people understand residential property. Everybody knows what a house is, probably grew up in a house. So it's very easy for investors to invest in that type of section of the real estate asset class. Let's talk a little bit about the notion of turnkey a little bit more, because I was talking to one of my investors the other day and he's been doing some turnkeys and it's ended up being a lot more work than he thought it would be. Basically, he's having to manage the managers and he's on the phone a lot. And what do you think of that? Is that typical? Is that just a bad choice of managers? So what do you think of that experience of somebody actually having to be involved to that extent? Because when you have an apartment building or so on and so forth, I have property managers or maybe have a discussion with once every month or something like that, but it's certainly not overbearing. So, Yeah. It's a good question. There's two things that come to mind. First is the property management company. But here's the biggest thing. 
it's where you're investing. I don't know what they bought and what the price points were. We have a general rule of thumb that we want to stay in B, B plus, and A minus neighborhoods. That's the bulk of what we produce. There are many investors out there and there are companies out there that are selling properties. And I know a lot of these people, by the way, that are rehabbing and selling properties in C-class neighborhoods. And look, if you have thick skin and that's what your criteria is and that's where you want to invest, that's fine. Build your portfolio with that C-class type neighborhood property. But the problem is that you have a different type of tenant demographic. I like to classify tenants, generally speaking, in three categories. You have your Walmart tenants, your Macy's tenants, and your Nordstrom's tenants. You, as an investor, need to decide who do you want as your customer? Who do you want to service? At least a lot of the people we work with, they're either going to be Macy's tenants or Nordstrom's tenants, which means that you're in your B or A-class neighborhoods. And this is mostly anecdotal, but you can talk to a lot of investors who are investing in C and even D-class neighborhoods. They'll tell you that these types of tenants have more problems with their finances and their jobs. There's more turnover. They have a lot of other life-related issues. And so there are more calls. There's higher management, repair issues, turnover. The turnovers, as you know, are very expensive. So the fact that they're getting calls from their property manager probably means that they're having a lot of problems with their tenant. So if I had to guess, I would say that these less desirable, at least for us Mm -hmm. or for me, less desirable neighborhoods. The One of the issues that comes up then, because I think, you know, single family homes, I can see that we might be defining it differently, but I think of a solid C as blue collar working class. Generally, from an apartment building standpoint, you know, B minus C plus, that kind of stuff actually works quite well. And it works well in the sense that even when the economy goes south, people got to live somewhere. Usually they move from A's down to B's and B's move down to C's. But in single family homes, I guess, you know, one of the concerns that a lot of people tend to have is, you know, capital expenditures. And I guess that makes sense if you're going to be in A minus and B areas, you're going to have probably less capital expenditures. Also, because the properties are going to be probably a little bit newer and nicer, right? Generally, yes. You hit a number of points that I want to touch on. First of all, when you're buying turnkey property, at least from a company like ours, what we're offering are properties that have no CapEx expenses and no deferred maintenance. So these are new or like new. So having any kind of repair bill in the short term is very, very rare, you know, unless it's caused by an act of God or the tenant. So you don't have that expense in the near term. The other thing I wanted to mention to a point that you had mentioned a little while ago is being in an area, having investments that you always have a tenant pool to draw from. The reason I like properties in the BB plus and A minus category, those types of neighborhoods is because you're in the middle of what I will refer to as a bell curve. So when you think about people moving around or getting transferred from one job to another or a recession coming along and people losing their job or being displaced or unemployment increasing, I put people on this socioeconomic ladder. And people who are higher income and they're more in premium type areas and now they are downsized or their household income drops, they have to move. And sometimes, unfortunately, they have to move from some of these more premium type neighborhoods where the rents are higher into whatever the next step down is, you know, from an A to an A minus and maybe a B plus. The same is true in better economic times. People move up that socioeconomic ladder. So if you position yourself in the middle of the bell curve and you stick to these better quality neighborhoods where you have a large 
tenant pool, you'll always have good quality tenants to draw from. And if you buy it right where the numbers make sense, and for us, that's typically a 1% rent to value ratio. And I can explain that for your listeners if need be. If you stick to neighborhoods where the numbers make sense and you have a stable economy, a stable market, good schools, they don't have to be great, but good schools and strong tenant demand, you're going to do well and you'll weather through the storms. And as a side comment, also throw this out there as, as a suggestion or a takeaway. I don't consider buying property in cyclical or highly appreciating markets to be investing. That's borderline gambling. It's speculative. And so where I personally like to focus and where our clients typically buy through our network is is in the Midwest and through the Southeast, what I refer to as linear markets. They're slow, smooth, steady. Mm -hmm. You can go as far as saying that they're just boring markets. But guess what? You can sleep well at night. You're going to get a good rate of return. Your cash on cash return is very attractive. It's double digit. You have appreciation. Granted, over the long term, it should be in lockstep with the real rate of inflation. So you have all these things going for you. And short of, you know, going on large scale investments like apartment buildings, you can build a portfolio that will set you free. Let's talk about the returns here, because one of the things that when you say, you know, a little bit nicer places and A minus B plus and versus C is obviously one of the things that you're paying for is the nicer neighborhood, the nicer clientele. And typically that means less yield, right? So tell me how that all affects it. What kinds of returns are we looking at typically through your program? Well, this is true in general. It's not just through our company. What you'll typically find, and again, you have to make some assumptions and generalizations, but if you get into A-class neighborhoods, your cap rates and your rates of return are going to drop because as property values go up, the rents don't scale up as fast. So you have this increasing delta between the two. And so a litmus test measurement that I use, which is just kind of the first step to the next step, is just looking at the rent to value ratio. So I like to look at a $100,000 property. If you have a $100,000 property, and this is pretty common with us, that property will rent for about $1,000 per month gross. And I like that 1% RV ratio. We have properties that are higher than that and sometimes a little lower than than that, especially in the Texas markets. You'll find 0.8, 0.9 today because they've appreciated so much. Dallas, Houston, to some degree, San Antonio. But when you're in these higher end neighborhoods, you'll have larger cash flow. You'll have more appreciation potential, but your cap rate, your cash on cash return will drop. Mm -hmm. When you get into the bell curve, the middle of that bell curve, which is what I refer to as typically B plus type, not so much properties, B plus neighborhoods. That's to me, the sweet spot. That's where you have that hundred to $150,000 property that rents for a thousand to $1,500 per month. Now here's where the danger comes in. And this is something I really am a little passionate about. So I want your listeners to understand this fairly well, because there are some companies out there and operators that are selling properties in these C class neighborhoods. They look great on paper. They show high rates of return in terms of the cash on cash return, which would be a levered return, higher cap rates. They really play them up that way and sell them as high ROI properties. The reality is, is they always look great on paper. 
But the fact is, is that after the first year or two, you will find that when you do have a turnover, the turnovers typically are more expensive because there tends to be more wear and tear and damage to the property. You'll often have more in terms of late payments, missed payments, which lead to evictions, which is also expensive. So even though they look great on paper, they're not necessarily the best deals out there because you're not going to get the real rate of return. Well, the projected rate of return, the real rate of return will be lower. And if you have a flaky tenant, guess what? You're going to have problems. Also, if you're in the sub $70,000 price point, you're not going to be typically in a neighborhood that offers much, if any, in terms of appreciation. Yes, it'll gyrate a little bit with the market, but a $50,000 property is typically always going to be a $50,000 property, you know, unless you see gentrification or something else going on. You know, just to get into sort of the weeds here, I want to make this as tangible and relevant to the listeners as possible. Let's say I come to you and I say, and maybe I'll do this, we'll see. But okay, Marco, I've got $100,000 I want to deploy. I want the highest returns I can get and I don't want to be bothered. Okay, I just, I don't want calls. I don't want anything. Okay, so what's our next step? Well, there has to be a conversation. I don't think any of my investment counselors would say, okay, here's what I recommend without, again, getting into the investor's head to understand All right, ask me. <laughs> yeah, who they are, what they're trying to achieve. But I'll give you kind of a generalized answer to that. Yeah. Because you did say one thing that was pretty key, and that tells me a lot. You don't want to, well, I shouldn't say you, your property manager, but you know that trickles up to you being the CEO of your investment company. Right. You don't want to be having tenant issues or problems with your tenant, the property, or the neighborhood that you're in. So if you have $100,000 of investable cash, again, in general terms, what we would probably recommend is that person acquiring three, potentially four, but three properties in the hundred dollars to $150,000 price range in a B-plus type neighborhood. Okay. What neighborhoods so, are we talking about? Give me some cities. Where I'll give you be? a real example. I'm yeah. actually in escrow right now on some property in the greater Kansas City metro. Okay. And so I am targeting properties that are about $130,000. They are in good areas. They rent for $1,300 a month. These are B-plus and A-minus type neighborhoods that I'm buying in. Mm-hmm. They're very stable. They're family-oriented areas. So there's schools, and these families will obviously have work nearby, and the kids will have friends in school. So they're probably not going to be moving anytime soon. They're going to be a two to five year tenant, if not longer. Okay. So now we've got the where. All right. So what kind of returns can I expect for my expectations in terms of my level of involvement, that sort of thing? I'm going to lever everything, of course. So. Yeah. Okay. So something like that, you're looking at approximately in terms of cap rates. I know I don't like using cap rates, but I know a lot of investors talk about it. So I'm, I'm going to mention it. You know, you're looking at a cap rate somewhere in the 8% range. And this mm-hmm. is after all expenses, including budgeting for vacancy, which you have to. Some people don't. And unfortunately, there are companies out there, even real estate agents that will pitch properties and they don't put in those soft costs. But you have to because- right. When you make your projections, you have to assume at some point in time, you're going to have maintenance, repairs, and turnovers, and you got to budget for vacancy and all that stuff. Particularly for homes, by the way. I mean, this is one of the reasons that I have stayed away from single family homes in particular is that sometimes, you know, you either your vacancy is either zero or 100%, right? So you do have to budget, but go on. So basically you've budgeted in, you've got a cap rate of eight, 
what kind of loan to value ratio will we be able to get and who's going to source that mortgage? So residential financing is a little different than commercial financing, as you know. You can acquire investment properties with as little as 20% down, and you can do that for approximately six properties, and then you go to 25% down on single-family homes. So financing is out there. Conventional financing offers great terms. You can get a 30-year fixed for about 5%, maybe five and a quarter. I've seen it as low as four and three quarters. Mm -hmm. So it's very attractive financing. Just to kind of digress here for a moment, when it comes to mortgage lenders, mortgage brokers, property management companies, insurance companies, inspectors, title companies, everything is under one roof. Everything is part of our network. I hate that phrase, one-stop shop. I really don't like it, but effectively we are. I like it. (laughs) I like the idea that I think most people would. Yeah, Yeah. it helps. It it simplifies things because people want things in a very simplistic, hassle-free way. And that's effectively what we've done. But back to your question, you know, in terms of returns, I don't want to, you know, not answer your question. Sure. So $130,000 property rents for $1,300 a month. You know, if you're leveraging it with 20% down at 5%, your cash on cash is somewhere around 10%. Now, sometimes our properties will be 11, 12% cash on cash with minimum down 20%. But in terms of a net, net, net cash flow, on properties like these, you know, you're around $250, $275 a month per door. As time goes on, you'll see that those will quickly get up to $300 a month. So often you're going to be about $3,000 per year, net, net, net cash flow. And mm-hmm. that's where you get your cash on cash return of 10%. Now, I will say this too that three, four years ago, the numbers were a little stronger. It wasn't uncommon to see 12 to 15% cash on cash returns. But because we're in a strong market or a seller's market in many of the markets right now, we're seeing that property values are appreciating a little faster than rents. And so it's compressing cap rates yeah. and cash on cash returns. Well, I think we're seeing that across the board. And But I mean, those obviously still strong returns. So, okay, now I'm into these properties and how long does it take? And I mean, to say I wanted to, we're talking again about this theoretical situation where I'm trying to deploy this $100,000. How long will it take me to acquire these properties? Are they already pretty much, I'm good to go and I can just get into them pretty quickly or what? Yeah, unless the renovation's going on at the time we're speaking with an investor, they're ready to go. Often they're tenant occupied or they're under management. So you can acquire an income producing asset immediately. Financing, every mortgage broker will always tell you that we can get it done in 30 days. The reality is it takes about 45 days. So Mm -hmm. it's not as quick as, as most people expect. But let's just say you and I have had multiple conversations. We understand what your goals and your game plan is. We have a roadmap to achieve that. It may be, I have a rule of thumb, I call it three to five in three to five, which simply means three to five properties in three to five markets. The point of that is this, is that you want to diversify geographically within this asset class of real estate. And that means that you're going to have properties in a minimum of three markets. And that could happen over the course of you know six months, a year, five years, whatever your timeline is. But ultimately, what you're going to do is you're going to build that portfolio, diversify geographically, which typically means it's going to be in a different state. And once you've built up that portfolio, you, know, you take it as far as you need to take it. And then we'll strategize with you down the road to help you grow that portfolio and maybe equity strip or 1031 into larger property or fourplexes or whatever it takes to leverage that portfolio. 
So say a few years later, I'm like, okay, Marco, I've been held on to these properties for you know five years. How do I get out now? What do I do then? It's pretty rare that that happens because most people that are acquiring properties are not thinking that they're going to be selling anything in five years. Now, having said that, that doesn't necessarily mean that they're not going to be redeploying their equity into its highest and best use, which may be larger properties or similar properties, but in other markets. Mm -hmm. And so exiting is not a problem, especially with single family homes. It's the most liquid form of real estate out there. So it's easy to sell a single family home because you can sell it to an investor and you could sell it to a homeowner. You could even sell it to the tenant if they qualify for financing. But we don't see that happen very often, Buck, because the reality is, is they want to build a large portfolio as large as they can based upon their credit and cash. So it's their capacity. But here's who is selling property. We see people in the coastal states, the coastal markets where they're equity rich and cash flow poor or rate of return poor. They're the ones who are selling their rental properties like in California to take that equity and sure. leverage it up into multiple properties in other states, other markets. Got it. So did I see something in your site about a rent guarantee? What's that all about? Well, yes and no. There was a time where there was a company out there called AON, I think that's pronounced Aon, that offered a rental insurance policy. They haven't been around for a long time. (laughs) I wonder why. (laughs) Yeah, but you laugh. And and I will tell you this, Buck, there is another company out there has nothing to do with Aon Uh that has another product, which I'm actually going to be interviewing this person here soon. They actually have a product, I think it's called Rent Sure, and it works for apartment owners too, by the way. Mm-hmm. It is a true underwritten insurance policy, and it does protect against default, all kinds of default on the tenant. So it's not that expensive. I don't remember the exact numbers. I'm reluctant to even quote some right. of the numbers here. It's reasonably priced, and it does protect against default. I think it's six or 12 months of lost rent, covers legal fees, eviction fees. I mean, it's pretty attractive. Right. There is an underwriting procedure you have to go through, but if you pass that, then you've, you've got an interesting policy in place. Well, this has been really interesting stuff. Again, Marco, I don't know very much about this single family market, but I think it's potentially very attractive for a couple reasons. One is, of course, I mean, you're getting, you're getting good yield. I mean, you're getting double digit yields and that's awesome. The other thing is that especially those of you who are not accredited and you know not everybody who's listening to this show is an accredited investor a lot of people are just you know you've got money but you're not quite there yet you know these kind of turnkey opportunities are a great opportunity to get your feet wet and also for some of us who are chasing yield i mean and we're used to apartment buildings and we've got such cap rate compression maybe it's not such a bad idea to go back to the single family route So this has all been really good. Tell me, what am I missing? Is there anything I should be asking you here that I've missed out that you think is important to to get out the message on? Yeah. Sometimes when I answer a question like this, I feel like I'm telling people things they've already heard time and time again. But then again, you never know. First of all, real estate is a get-rich-slow asset. And it is a true wealth creator People have preserved their wealth in real estate. They've built their wealth in real estate. It is the most historically proven asset class in terms of cash flow and wealth creation. That I think a lot of people understand, even if it's just intuitively. But 
it's important that at least for us to set expectations with people that when they're looking at real estate, they're making a big decision. It's a big investment. It's a wise investment. You want to be prudent. Don't jump in and get mesmerized by very attractive numbers on paper. You have to do your diligence. That's an important thing to us. We make sure that we provide a lot of data and information to people who come and talk to us about specific markets or properties. If you're not working with a company like ours, you have to do it on your own. Do your due diligence. You know, There's that phrase from Ronald Reagan, trust but verify. You have to do that. Always, always, always have inspections done, especially if you're not going to go and visit the property. And even if you do, you should always have an inspection done because you need that third party set of eyes to go through everything from roof to foundation. Make sure you have the right team. That is such a critically important thing. And this is why we vet all of the service providers we work with from property managers to title companies, but property management can make or break you. You live and die by your property manager. So that is one of the most important people on your team. And we put a lot of time and energy into that. So, you know, the list of recommendations, Buck, can go on and on and on. Those are just some of them off the top of my head. But, you know, just be wise, be smart. Real estate is fantastic. It'll set you free, but you just have to A, get started and B, do it right. That's right. So where can we learn more about your business and possibly get in touch with you? So if you're interested in information about real estate and you want to see the different markets and properties, we have one website for that, and that's Norada Real Estate, N-O-R-A-D-A, noradarealestate.com. And then if you're just looking for information and free education, then there's our podcast at PassiveRealEstateInvesting.com. Fantastic. Marco, thank you so much for your time today. It's been really educational. It's been a lot of fun, Buck. Thank you so much. Self-storage is a necessary evil. It's where you keep your stuff and forget about it. No wonder this stuff is so profitable and recession-resistant. The Wealth Formula community, well, we've benefited from that. We've made lots of money in this space with Reliant Real Estate, one of the largest self-storage companies in the country. With an average investor internal rate of return of almost 34%, with hold times just over three and a half years, these guys know what the meaning of velocity of money is. If you're an accredited investor, make sure to check out what they're up to right now at ReliantFund4.com. Again, that's ReliantFund4.com. I hope you enjoyed that interview with Marco Santorelli now. For those of you who are not accredited investors, I know you guys feel left out a lot of the time with Investor Club and a lot of the other offerings or opportunities that we talk about on the show, but this is another option for you. You don't have to be an accredited investor to buy your own property. I mean, you don't have to be part of my Investor Club. You just, you can own real assets. Marco just told you how he could literally hold your hand through the whole process if you want him to. So if you're thinking about investing in real estate and want to start with turnkey rentals, here's my call to action for you today. Go to wealthformula.com and Marco has been really nice about actually letting me just use his report on my website so that it's easy for you to remember. You can go to wealthformula.com and get Marco's free report called The Ultimate Guide to Passive Real Estate Investing. Download it, read it, and critically think about whether this is something you might want to do. Turnkey rentals, I mean, there's plenty of people out there that love this way of investing, and and it's certainly something that I think everybody 
including myself, should at least be familiar with. So until next week, this is Buck Joffrey with Wealth Formula Podcast signing off. Thank you for listening to the Wealth Formula Podcast. Visit us on the web at wealthformula.com. The information contained in this podcast are opinions, not fact. As always, consult your own financial team before making any investment. See you next time. Buck Joffrey here from Sapio with Buck Joffrey. Aging might become reversible over the next 10 to 20 years. It's already being done in lab animals, so it's just a matter of time. Our challenge? To be healthy enough for when that time comes. As a former scientist and surgeon myself, my goal is to figure out how to do that and to share it with you. I wrote a book called Living Longer for Busy People that you can download for free at sapiopodcast.com. You'll be amazed at just how a few daily adjustments can add years of a healthy life for you. Again, download it for free, sapiopodcast.com.